The draft is in two weeks from tomorrow edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Hi, Adam. Hi. You ready? Uh, Well, I've been at home, um, unlike everybody else in the world. Uh, You know, I haven't really left the house much. I'm weird that way. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much ready. I'd I'd like a um a draft presser with uh you know Chris Greer where he uh, tells us nothing, but I'd like it so we could quote him saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. You know what I would like? I would like yes. to talk to the head coach of the Miami Dolphins about the ten new free agents they signed. That would be good too. Um, interesting. You know, let, let's talk about that real quick. So, a couple of weeks ago, the NFL, actually the pro football writers, suggested to teams that, hey, we haven't had a, uh, a spring meeting. There's been no NFL annual meeting this year. It was obviously uh, postponed. Go ahead, if, if you can, and, and get your general managers and your coaches on the line with the media to kind of talk to them. Um, how did that go with the Dolphins, uh, you know, availability? Uh, they have not heeded that suggestion quite yet. <laughs> no, they haven't. Uh, quite yet, meaning they're not going to. I don't believe that they're going to. They're going to do the draft presser because they must. But, yeah, we're not in the, yeah, let's, let's just talk to the guys mode with the Dolphins. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's uh, in their DNA, or do you think their uh, their uh, their little stinkers are tight right now because of uh, what's coming down the road in two weeks? Well, I mean, there is no doubt that their stinkers are tight. There is no doubt about that. Um, this is a generational draft that is coming up mm-hmm. in a generational offseason. We're halfway through this generational offseason and the team spent $250 million in, in you know, salary cap contracts, $150 million of it guaranteed. So it's a big deal, right? Yeah. And, and now they've got 14 draft picks coming up. Another big deal, right? Correct. So... If it's such a big deal, that tells me jobs are on the line. They better, whatever decisions they make this offseason, better result in wins. Because if it doesn't, there's going to be issues. So there's been a lot of talk lately. I think uh, maybe Tannenbaum, I saw a quote, um, people in the, uh, the national media are saying that there are going to be teams that blow it that blow their drafts because of coronavirus, that uh, because they don't have all the information on the player, make decisions one way or the other that are the wrong decisions, and it'll have massive impact, have massive impact on the franchise going forward. The Dolphins have the most draft picks of any team, certainly the most valuable draft picks of any team with six in the first three rounds. Are the Dolphins in danger of blowing it? Of course they are. Uh, on the other hand, I, I, I don't think I'm going to 
tell you that they're going to blow it because of coronavirus. I just think that if they blow it, it's because they didn't do and didn't get all the information and didn't make right decisions. Um, I would look. So this is a fact. In this country today, the CDC, and this is a little bit out of left field analogy, but I'm, it's going to stay no. with me here. I'm, 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 Don't I'm abandon ready. me, man. I'm ready for this. The, the CDC is counting every death in which coronavirus is an outside uh, factor as a coronavirus death. In other words, if a person has heart disease and coronavirus and dies of a heart attack, that's a coronavirus death. Right. If a person is driving down the road, has coronavirus, and smashes against a tree and dies, that's a coronavirus death. And so the reason I say that is because you'll hear years from now teams that blow this draft because they're not good at drafting, they're going to blame coronavirus. Uh, so who's the uh, uh, who's the Dr. Fauci in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Tannenbaum, since he's the one that's saying this stuff. Uh, yeah. But I mean, do you see where I'm going with this? It's another it's another layer of excuseage, and frankly, I don't care. Do you think I, it's an Do you think it's an excuse or or a valid reason? Okay, so. Are there some teams that are going to get it right in this draft? Yeah, hope, hopefully the Miami Dolphins are one of them, yes. Yes, but there are – I can guarantee you there are teams that will get it right. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you there are teams that will get it wrong. It's that You know what that is? Another draft in the NFL. So, it to me, it's an excuse because this is what happens every year. Teams do it right. Teams do it wrong. Now, if we get outliers, if we get teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers that typically draft pretty well, if we get teams like, I was going to say New England, but New England doesn't draft all that well uh, anymore, anyway, not lately. Uh, You know, if you get teams like, who drafts well, Adam, other than Pittsburgh? uh, The Dallas Dallas Cowboys draft very well. The Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens. If those teams blow it, I'm going to look back and go, well, hey, you know, maybe it was that. But teams that typically blow it, blowing it, that's just another year in the draft. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say the Dolphins have a high percentage of blowing it, but they're not good either. I mean, they're, they've been middle of the pack, I would say, for, for a long time. They're usually pretty good with their first-round picks, right? Their first-round picks, at the very least, become starters overwhelmingly. There are the, the exceptions, the Deion Jordans and Charles Harris's, but we remember those names because they are the, the exceptions. Um, second round, third round hasn't been great for this team. They do okay in the third day. They find some quality depth, but if, if, <laughs> if they – Oh, my God. Well, they do. Okay. Rashad Jones was third day. I mean, there, there are examples of them finding good players in the third day of the draft. Um, wow, 20, 10 years ago. Okay. Hey, they gave uh, Jakeem Grant a whole chunk of money. He was a third-day pick. I mean, there, there are, there, they have, they have found 
players in the third day. I'm not saying that all of them are stars, but they've found contributors in the third day. Um, what will tell me that if, if the Dolphins blow it will be more so if they overthink the quarterback situation. And you can say tangentially they might overthink it because of the lack of uh, the lack of information they're going to have on Tua, who uh, he, he dropped another hype video this week. Did you see that, Armando? I was shocked that that's <laughs> also. He did another interview with Steve Weish yeah. uh, of the NFL Network. It's like, <laughs> you're trying really hard, dude. You know, yeah. someone someone who is a scout in the NFL told me this. The guy is trying really hard. Yeah. He's trying too hard, actually. I, I, I agree. I will also say uh, that uh, Smash Room or whatever they call it, Justin Herbert video was one of the most cringeworthy things I've ever seen. He, he talked about trying too hard, clearly not his personality. And so he was trying to overcompensate for that not being his personality by taking sledgehammers to televisions. And to me, I don't think he helped himself with that. Um, actually, I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know why? Because I want to be doing that. That's why. I kind of... You know, where he, yeah, you're right, where he uh, takes a, a big lead pipe or a aluminum bat to to television sets and other uh, assorted household appliances. Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, but, <laughs> but the fact that he would go with that, that tells me there's a little something there, back there somewhere. I mean, he is supposed to be this super... Uh, quiet, introvert, uh, I don't want any limelight, I don't want any, you know, any attention type of guy. Th- that was a departure, would you agree? Yes, and I would say that it was scripted and it was intentional to get to, to elicit the response that, that, that you're giving. And, and that's fine. I mean, there's 90% of this, that 90, 90% of this dance that these guys have done for the last three months is all scripted. Tua is 100% scripted. Uh, the only one who's not is Jordan Love, I would say. <laughs> and maybe Burrow, too, but Burrow got pretty scripted in, in Indy because I think he still wasn't want to go to Cincinnati, if at all possible. But he knew that uh, for, for PR purposes, he couldn't just come out and say it. Uh, but a lot of these guys, I think, are doing whatever they can to put their best face forward, trying to overcompensate for deficiencies and Obviously, uh, to his deficiencies is health, and Herbert's deficiencies is leadership. So, and, and it's fine. We all do it. We have job interviews. We're going to do research to give the best possible answers that will give us the best possible chances to get the job, and that's what they're doing. I totally understand that. Um, I just think that if authenticity to me is the most important quality, and that smash room didn't feel 100% authentic, authentic to me, that's all. So before we go to break, let's let's handle this real quick. Um, you mentioned Joe Burrow, and to me, that guy is the most authentic guy in the entire draft. Okay, uh, as far as far as a quarterback is concerned, just he doesn't give a crap. And yeah, he had that moment in in Indy where he had to say what he said. But you know what? There wasn't a leak about it at first. Uh, he actually had to come out and say stuff, and. He said the right things. I want quarterbacks that say the right things. Um, so there's that. But I find out that ESPN 
is reporting that the Dolphins might try to go up to draft Joe Burrow. <laughs> and Bleach and Bleacher Report is reporting that the Dolphins – why are you laughing, Beasley? Yeah, we need, to, a, uh, we, we need to get into this in detail because this is the first I'm hearing about this. <laughs> and then Bleacher Report is reporting that the Dolphins might go up and draft – try to trade for Joe Burrow. So this is like great reporting by ESPN and Bleacher Report. What are you? What are your thoughts on this topic as far as the Dolphins being able to do that? Because uh, you know the Miami Herald taking those reports, stealing those reports, uh, did a, a fake negotiation of the you know the trade between the Dolphins and the Bengals. And the Dolphins killed the Bengals in that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I heard otherwise. I haven't seen all the details of that, that proposed trade, but I heard Mike Brown was savvy that he added two uh, potential pro bowlers and two first-round picks. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in reality, though, we're having some fun with this, but in reality, what do you think the chances of that actually happening are? Uh, I will give you that answer after we take a very short break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, and we're back and we're discussing Joe Burrow because we've talked about Justin Herbert and Tua way too much over the last three months. So let's talk about another possibility that's been reported by the Miami Herald and, and others since uh, that the Dolphins are going to try and, and go and get um, Joe Burrow. And I, I think there's a chance, Armando. I don't think there's a great chance because there's no other anything close to a sure thing as, as a quarterback in the draft. Uh, even if the Dolphins, and I think their, their best path forward is to negotiate a trade with the Lions – and then negotiate a trade with the Bengals, get to three first, because three is a lot more lucrative than five. You can get the second-best quarterback at three. You're not guaranteed of that at five. Um, who is the second-best quarterback? And who do you have confidence in that in five, seven years is not only going to be a good player but a good, healthy player? That's that, there, there are real questions there. And so I don't think the Bengals, even as much of a laughing stock as they are around the league, and let's not forget that they've been to the playoffs a lot more in the last 20 years than the Dolphins have, but either neither here nor there, um, they're not, they don't think they're going to be picking one again anytime soon. They think that this is their bottom out. They, they have the number one pick, and when you have the number one pick, you take advantage of it. And they need a quarterback. So that's why I, I think the Dolphins are going to try. I think they have all the resources needed to get up to one. I just don't think there's going to be a willing trade partner. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think if you look at what the Bengals have done this offseason, it tells you that they are going to, you know, go for the gusto with the quarterback, um, that they see that as a piece. If If they had let, for example, A.J. Green walk, that would have suggested to me, if they hadn't put Andy Dalton on the trade market so, you know, so flagrantly to where everyone knows he's on the trade market and he probably will get traded, uh, I would say to you, eh, maybe there's a chance that, you know, they're just loading up for next year. But they went out this year and they signed D.J. Reader. They signed Trey Waynes. They, they uh, tagged A.J. Green. So he's not going anywhere. Uh, they signed Mackenzie Alexander, the cornerback. Josh Vines, Von Bell. They are trying to get better. Right. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm right. shocked. And, and the way that they're trying to do that is they're trying to put players around a position that it feels like they know that they're going to get to. And that position is the quarterback, and that quarterback is the best guy in the draft. Yeah, I think the only scenario that the, the, the Bengals would be okay trading out is if they're confident in Tua's health. If that they, they believe that Tua would have been the number one pick in the draft and they loved him all along before he got hurt. And the, the risk, there will be some risk obviously taking him. There's risk in any player, but certainly him health-wise. Uh, that the risk that they, that they would incur by, by taking him instead of Joe Burrow would be offset by the gains that they would make uh, with the draft picks the Dolphins would send their way. That say that there's a 5% chance in their minds that he has a chronic hip issue and is out of the league in three years, they hedge that bet by getting two, maybe three first-round picks in return. So, and and I, I think that's, that's, the, that's the calculus they're going to have to make. Um, but I don't. I, I wouldn't do it if I if I were the Bengals. There is no there is no amount of draft capital you can offer me to get someone who I think is going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback on a rookie contract. That is the most valuable asset in all of professional sports. Why would the Bengals just let that go? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I don't see it happening. Uh, the only the only wild card is Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that Mike Brown is. Uh, you know, a fossil, and so therefore maybe he he wants to win now and will gladly take four draft picks, you know, to to throw in there with Andy Dalton and let's go. Um, but I don't see it happening either. Yeah, why um, do you, why do you think Dalton hasn't been moved yet? Because draft day hasn't come yet. You know, I just think that. The Bengals, they're going to try to come back. Uh, they've got the first pick of the second round, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get back into the first round with two first-round picks. Uh, and they use Andy Dalton as a, here, now we have our quarterback here. Take Andy Dalton. Take our first pick in the second round. Give us the number 22 pick or something like that. I'm just throwing a number out there. Right. Teams. Teams that pick in the 20s that uh, could use a quarterback, that list is pretty slim because if 
you made the playoffs last year, you're probably pretty good at the quarterback position. Well, like the Patriots. Right. That's, that's, one, that's one team that would stand out at 23. So, yeah, I could see them offering uh, Andy Dalton and, and the 33rd pick to go up to 23. I, that, I could certainly see that. Problem is this, Armando, the Patriots have no cap space. I mean, they're, they're, their financial situation is very strange especially considering they don't have Tom Brady on their books. They, they, wouldn't, they would have had to cut players to, to make Brady fit if they, he would have come back to New England. Uh, but I, I'll have to look up their, their cap number, and you go ahead and it's low. talk, talk yeah. amongst your, yourselves while, you, while I do it. But, <laughs> talk amongst uh, yourself. <laughs> see, the, the public salary cap report from the NFLPA, uh, and that's, that's, that's as close to as official as you'll get, uh, has the New England Patriots at – you ready for this number? Eight hundred thousand. One point eight million. Okay. So for them to take on Andy Dalton's seventeen million dollar contract, um, they're going to have to cut a lot of players. They're going to have to create a lot of space. So, yeah. which leads me to another question: Are the they're tanking? Tanking? Yes. Are they? Are they? Are, are they doing whatever they can uh, to maximize their? Because look, they're going to have every year we we put out the list. And you chuckle when you do it. The Dolphins got a fourth and sixth round compensatory pick. The Patriots got nine third round compensatory picks. I mean, every, every year they absolutely clean up, uh, and they're going to do it again in 2021 because look at all they lost Brady, they lost Van Noy, they lost half their team to the Dolphins, and Brady's gone. They didn't really do much to replace the guys that they lost. Um, yeah, I, I, I could totally see a scenario in which the Patriots are trying to get every single asset possible into the 2021 draft. Well, good for them. God bless them. I hope they enjoy losing because uh, I have news for them. It's not all that it's cracked up to be. It sounds good in the abstract, but I think we both saw last year. It's weird, and it has unintended consequences, and it's just not always going to work. Like, you're not always going to find a way to get the top pick. So let them do that. Let me ask you about... Uh, Tua Tungavailoa. Okay. You are Chris Greer, all right? How comfortable are you? Forget the, forget, let's not even address talent, okay? Forget talent. How comfortable are you that you have not seen a report from your own doctors following the... Indianapolis NFL Combine on Tua Tungavailoa's current status of health. I would How say, comfortable are you with that? I would say 75%. And here's why, Armando. We had the Combine, and he had a recheck. Uh, one of the many leaks that we've had over about Tua in the last three months, he had a recheck a week ago, two weeks ago. Not uh, from the NFL Combine, though. True, but it was with an, a doctor that teams uh, signed off on. The 32 teams around the league <clears throat> signed off on this doctor to examine. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You, you don't think that, that that doctor was you – yeah. you, you, you think that to, to his camp put out – I think we would know by now. There would be a team pushing back like that's, that's BS. We, we had no input on who this doctor is. Do you – no, I mean, do you seriously think that 32 teams agreed on one guy? I think that there was a – I'm sure the NFL has a list of positions that the 
the, the that are palatable to the league, and the teams were like, yeah, sure, that guy's fine. I'm, I'm, that's, that's my guess. That that would be dumbfounding to me, and trust me, I've been very dumb before. Uh, but it would be strange to me that a team whose future is in the balance here, a mm-hmm. team like, hmm, I don't know, the Miami Dolphins, that they would go, yeah, whatever, if the Patriots agree to this and the Bills agree to this and the Jets agree to this, We'll agree to it, too, knowing that the Bills and the Patriots and the Jets and nobody else has their best interests at heart. Yeah, but the the Bengals do. I mean, the, the Bengals want just as much clean information on Tua as the Dolphins do. So, I mean, there are, the Chargers are in the same boat. I mean, there are, the Jaguars need a quarterback. There are plenty of teams out there that need a quarterback that want accurate information. And I'll say this. No, it's not an ideal situation by any stretch of the imagination but it's giving them more information than they otherwise would because it's either you do that or you just completely rely on these leaks. You completely rely on Nick Saban. You completely rely on Lee Steinberg. You completely rely on people who's, who don't have, who truly don't have your best interest in heart. They have the best interest of their client, of their former player at heart. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's ideal, but I think that having that extra la- layer of oversight, and that's all this is, it's just oversight on – to his doctors that they're telling the truth, having that extra layer of oversight is better than not having it. And again, I'm not saying I have 100% confidence. I, I wouldn't until I get my own my own group of doctors poking and prodding the guy. Uh, but again, that's that's going to be that's going to be the the equation. That's going to be the formula. The, what's the magic number of percentage of upside of the player and percentage of risk you're incurring by not having your doctors put their hands on them? And it goes back to the Drew Brees situation. If you feel like the player cannot play, you feel like the player is going is a huge medical red flag. You're wise in passing on him. Now the Dolphins' doctors got it wrong with Drew Brees. We'll see if they get it right with Tua. Yeah, uh, the, the Drew. You see, I, I get you with the Drew Brees situation, except that Drew Brees was already an NFL player, and so uh, you know Drew Brees is already an NFL player. We're talking Tua's medical, and then if you're super comfortable with that, which no one can be, and if I encourage you guys to listen to Mike Lombardi on his podcast because he broke it down uh, from a perspective of having worked for teams, including the evil empire in New England, he broke it down how teams cannot possibly general man there is no general manager out there that could possibly be comfortable with Tua Tonga-Vailoa's medicals right now because they haven't gotten them themselves. They haven't verified them themselves, and they're not going to. So yeah. that that is just shocking to me uh, that that you have to do that. But going back to Drew Brees, Drew Brees had already played very well in the NFL. He had the medical. Tua Tonga-Vailoa? He hasn't played well in the NFL, and he has the medical. Correct. He would also have been the number one pick in the draft. He didn't get hurt. We know that. that. I think there's a pretty strong likelihood. I think. Why? You think he would be ahead of Joe Burrow? Yes. Yeah, I I think scouts I've talked to say he would have been the number one pick in the draft if he didn't get hurt. So Uh, at, mm. at, at worst, he would have been number two. The, 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 the value of that pick for the Redskins would have been so great that, that 
you would have been okay passing on Chase Young for him. And for that for that cat. That I can cat. agree to. That I can agree to. So, all right, let's we we've uh, we've we've gone around and talked about a lot of important things. Let's uh, let's get out of here on this. Do you think that we will learn between now and two weeks from tomorrow when the draft begins anything that will be honest? Or do you think that between now and the time the draft comes out, it's just people dumping stuff, information out there, totally agenda-driven? Well, I think we'll have more of that. There's no doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, As we get closer, people will become more desperate and will push the envelope more on, Draft me! Draft (laughs) me, Daphne! I'm fine! Look at me! I can run. Look at me. I can throw. Look at me. My ankles are fine. Look at me. My hip is good. Um, so there's going to be that. But I would not be surprised if within two weeks we have some sort of ability by teams to do some limited medical checks. Call me an optimist. Call me strange. I just think that that is a possibility. Wow. Hold me to it. Come back to me in two weeks and call me a dummy if you want. <laughs> but but I, I just – I wouldn't dismiss that possibility. And that will be a game – that would be a game changer for Tua. Absolutely. Absolutely would be a game changer. Moreover, if I were his agent, I would be – on the phone with the NFL every day. Can he do it today? Can he do it today? Can he do it today? You're hurting my client. Your policies are hurting my client. You're killing me. You're, you're, you're taking money out of his pocket. You're hurting us. Let this happen. And let me say this. Airlines are still running, correct? They are. Mm. So, I, 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 I'm not getting on a plane right now, Armando. I'll tell you that much. Fair. You're also not making what a team doctor makes. If you were, you would because well, no, there's, there's there's no even no there's even no need to do that. Just put him on Air Ross One. I mean, you could there there are, there are ways no 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 that, because then he has to do 32 of those. I'm talking well, no, about where or, they come to him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, put the doctor on Air Ross One. So just. You know, there's right. there's absolutely there's absolutely ways around that. Right. Uh, uh, I just a Tua medical day in in Pensacola or wherever, or uh, you know, at the Andrews Clinic in, in in the Panhandle, or in Alabama, or in Nashville where he's training. Guys, come and see me. I'm available to you. I'm getting naked for you here. Look at my body. I'm an Adonis, and my well, hip is awesome. And I will say that this. If you're a player that's maybe a third-round pick who's got an injury that would otherwise would otherwise be a late first, early second-round pick, uh, you have a lawsuit against the league then because why does Tua get that special dispensation? No, so I'm saying as a matter of policy. No, if, if, you if understand? You do it for, oh, right, right. But if you do it for Tua, you got to do it for every single player then. Every that's single why player, I said. Policy. Yeah, it applies I, I, to everybody. Policies I would apply. I, I would I would say the league is going the opposite direction right now. I, I, they're they're going in the direction where you're going to do the draft from your basement, 
uh, right? You're going to you, – you can't even be – you can't even be in the same room as your cap guy, as your owner. You're all going to be uh, isolated. I can't see them reversing course to such a degree in two weeks that, no, you, you still have to stay in your basement, but go ahead and fly all over the country to meet with 50 players for medical rechecks. I, I would be stunned if that happens. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's improbable, but I wouldn't be surprised. So let's leave it at that, and let's see what happens. Improbable Armando versus logical Adam Beasley. <laughs> I got it. It's all good. I'm happy with improbable. I am the. I am always the sky is falling. So uh, it's good to have a balance on this show. All right. So we appreciate you joining us again today. The improbable versus the logical. I'm happy to to uh, represent the fringe. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go play with uh, like a lollipop and count the the number of I don't know books on my shelf again to make sure that no one snuck into my house last night and took one. <laughs> Paul, are you kidding me? I'm sure you have a ring. I'm sure you have an alarm system. Getting into the Salguero compounds, like getting into Scarface's mansion, it's, it, it can't be easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, having said that, I saw the movie. Someone did get into Scarface's mansion. It didn't end well for Scarface. No, it, uh, all, all, the, the lion didn't save his life, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. All right, folks, join us again next week.